Hello and welcome to Tomorrow's Headlines Today. I'm your host, Robin Cunningham with Fireside Grace Ministries. I know it's very early in the morning for some of you who might be watching this live. It's actually 5.50 a.m. I've been awake since about 2.12 a.m., so here we are. But I woke up and I was just excited to be awake, excited to be spending time with my son, my newborn son, um, because, you know, he's he wakes up at this time of the day, uh, you know, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning for his feed. And I'm just thankful to have every opportunity with my kids. You know, just like kids can be, you know, annoying sometimes, you know, they can do things that we don't appreciate. But no matter what, you have to be thankful that you have them because God trusted you with them. They're not just a blessing. We read the, the verse where it says the children are a blessing from the Lord. It says that they're actually his inheritance. And it says that they are a wage for a worker. They're our reward from the Lord, which means a wage for a person who's done a good job and deserves to be paid. So you have those children. So that's God blessing you with what he finds to be the most valuable thing in heaven. Like we would think, oh, well, money is the most valuable thing on earth. Well, that's money to God. You, me, children, that's his money. <laughs> so I've been awake for a little bit. My hair's crazy. My beard's crazy. I just threw on a shirt I pulled out of the dryer. <laughs> but I want to share with you this message it's called the divine reversal. And I know that this is significant that this is important that it's speaking about what's going to be happening this year i believe this year you know again that's that's my opinion i, I learned from the last time that i have to say that when it comes to timing on things unless god specifically says something but this message is beyond just talking about oh hey president trump is coming back it's beyond this this is something way better way way better but first like and subscribe I think it's right down there. If not, it's right over here. So like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure that you click that thumbs up and click on the black bell that says all notifications. So that way you will get notifications when we go live. And I'm assuming everybody can hear me pretty good. Um, so we'll just roll on here. Somebody has been a very big blessing to us. And his name is Jesus. Uh, also, if you would love to partner with us and help us to continue to do things we're doing, we've we've gotten to a place where we don't have to ask you guys when we want to bless somebody. Now we can just bless somebody unless something comes along that's bigger than what we can what we can handle. In which case, we can just believe God for it, right? But if you would like to partner with us and help us to continue to be able to bless people, just it's so good to be able to reach people and just see someone and God says, "Hey, give them this." Or, hey, do this for them. So awesome. It's so good to be. And it's it's such a blessing that God has blessed us beyond what we could ever imagine, even in just a year, you know. And it's because of you guys. So if you want to partner with us and help us to keep doing these kingdom things, then it's firesidegrace.com backslash partner with us. It's right down in the description, right down there. And there's our Venmo and our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 5916, Cleveland, Tennessee, 37320. Or you can find us on PayPal, also down in the description, as Reformers Church with no apostrophe, because apparently I don't believe in apostrophizing. So let me get out the old phone here and pull up this message, which I actually did just share as a blog. And I submitted it to the Elijah List to see if maybe they want to share it as well. So this message. It's called a divine reversal. Now, if you're hearing this, listen to this to the end. And it probably won't be a very long message, but listen to this to the end. It's going to 
change your life. I promise you, Holy Spirit is going to pour out on you, and you are going to look at your walk with God in a different light, in a different manner. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to speak, release new revelation, and pour out your spirit and reform, reshape, and rebirth every single one of us here and now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so here's how this started. I was thinking to myself for a while, yesterday, actually, I was sitting a long time. <laughs> I thought about it for like five minutes, and then the Lord gave me a revelation. I prayed about it. I asked him, what was going on on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, that they were all in one accord? What were they doing? Were they worshiping? Were they praising? Were they praying? Were they trying? They weren't speaking in tongues. They didn't receive the Holy Spirit yet. So what were they doing to be in one accord? Because these are all the things that we think the church needs to be in unity, and these things need to happen in order for the Holy Spirit to be ushered in. Somebody must have been delivering a good message or something, right? You would you would be probably very surprised to find out that what we're actually taught that it says in the Bible, it doesn't say in the original Greek. Huh? Who would have thunk? And, I, and I'm, I'm going to quote you here, King James, because people are always like, King James is the most perfect Bible in its entirety, and it's it's the new Bibles have things taken out of them. Actually, I'm sorry to offend a bunch of you, um, but the King James version of the Bible actually added a lot of things in there, added things to the Bible, and that's why in some translations it looks like they're taken out. It's because they were never there in the first place, and when you go read it in the Greek, you see for yourself. Sorry if that's offensive to you, but that is what they did. That is what the king did. In 1611, that is what King James did. Just like he changed the, the book of James from Jacob to James. Why? Because he wanted his name in the Bible. Hmm. And because they didn't want it to look too Jewish, they changed the book of Jude from Judas to Jude. Why would they do that? Weird. There wasn't anything anti-Semitic or anything like that, I'm sure. Just like the same reason that um, at the Council of Nicaea, they distanced the celebration of the Hebrew festivals and feasts that were commanded to feast until the end of the age of man, distanced from that, and gave us pagan holidays to celebrate instead. I'm not talking about Christmas either, so don't think I'm talking about Christmas. Like, he doesn't celebrate Christmas. Whoa. No, I do actually celebrate Christmas around. We start celebrating Christmas in August. And through September into December, and if it were up to me, I'd celebrate Christmas every day of the, the year just to make sure that I was praising the birth of God every day of the year, <laughs> you know? Anyway, let's get back on course. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all of the house where they were sitting. That's in King James, by the way. That's That sounds like regular English, but it's King James. Okay, so now this just amazes me. It just blows me away because this is hearing the testimony of the Holy Spirit coming down on the church for the first time, and it blows my mind. Just to think about, like, at this moment, world history was changed. The Holy Spirit came down, and everything was changed forever. It's awesome. I mean, it's the coolest thing. Like, we have the Holy Spirit now. Like, we're going to get to heaven and, you know, you can ask King David, what was it like fighting those giants and so forth? You know, what was it like being a king? And he'll say, what was it like having Holy Spirit living in you for, you know, a portion of your life? I'm like, oh, man, it was so cool. That's what they're going to ask. What was it like living in a, such a time as this? 
in the end of days where things are crazy, where you've got the Holy Spirit, where there's deceit and wickedness and treachery, and you have the Holy Spirit manifesting and living with you and in you. It's so awesome, right? So I was thinking about what was going on in the upper room right before this happened. It says that they were in one accord. And no, it's not a Honda. We're not talking about a Honda here. You know that joke? They were all in one accord. <laughs> that was the first car in the Bible, right? Um, so what happened? Was it because they were praying, worshiping, praising God? No. I mean, I'd like to think that all of that was happening because that's what we think about in the body of Christ. But uh, I read in the original Greek and found out that one accord uh, was not in the original Greek. It did not, it does not say that they were in one accord. I was like, what? What do you mean they weren't in one accord? What it actually says is, and on the day of the fulfillment of Pentecost, they were all in the same place. That is what, that is so lackluster. That is what it actually says in Greek. They were all in the same place on the fulfillment of the day of Pentecost, which means the day of Pentecost had fully come, which meant that it was morning. It was about nine o'clock in the morning, which means the sun came up and they just ate breakfast and the Holy Spirit came. It doesn't say they were praying. It doesn't say they were worshiping. It doesn't say they were doing anything. It doesn't say they were in one accord. They weren't all in perfect unity. They were in one place together. This blows my mind. <laughs> they may not have been in one accord, as it says, but they were gathered together, all 120 of them, in an upper room. They were having a 9 a.m. church service. They were probably going over scriptures. They were probably talking about Jesus. They were probably talking about the eager expectation of the Holy Spirit coming, which blew their mind when he actually came. But Jesus had said, tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Come down. I'm just paraphrasing here. He'll come down on you in power. It's awesome. I bet they were sitting there in an anxious anticipation, just finishing breakfast, you know, clearing out the plates, getting ready to wash the dishes, talking about God, like, hey, when's this going to happen, man? What do you think? When's this going to happen? Jesus said it was going to happen today, but he didn't say when. Ooh, just probably like kids waiting for Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. Santa! I know him! You know? But then it says in verse 2, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Oh, uh, wait a second. Bro. Did you just hear that? Where they were sitting? They weren't even standing up. And they received the Holy Spirit? They didn't have their hands lifted up in praise? Whoa. Wait a second. What does that mean? So the word for came is actually genomai or genomahi or genomai or however you say it in Greek. And it means to be birthed, to come from one realm to another. And it signifies a change of condition or a change in the state of being. Now, the word for sound is a word that you'll recognize because we still use it to today, and it is the word echo, which means a noise, a murmur, or a confounding or confusing roar. It's like a loud, uh, cacophonous roar, basically. It's like, rah, it's just a loud noise, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of it going on, all right? So then we see it says, just as a rushing wind the word for rushing here is actually pheromenes, and this means to bring forth or carry. It doesn't actually mean rushing. It means something was actually brought forth, okay? Then the word for wind is noe, which means, listen to this, and in one, a couple of instances, it means a gust of wind, but typically it means a breath, a respiration, or a blowing. 
So it's like being breathed on. It's a respiration from heaven. Do you know what that means? It is a breath from heaven. What does that mean? That means that God just breathed on these 120 people while they were sitting down having breakfast. They were sitting in the upper room, sitting. Whoa. (laughs) How awesome is that? Okay, well, then the word for mighty, because it said a mighty rushing wind, which it actually we see when we read in the Greek, that doesn't say a mighty rushing wind. The word for mighty is baias, and that means a violent. So that would be the closest thing that we have to the word uh, rushing, I suppose. But it was a violent birthing wind with a cacophony or uh, a noise, a big noise. It was a breath a respiration from heaven, a violent respiration from heaven. It wasn't just God going, it was God going, I breathe out my life on you. Receive my Holy Spirit. At that moment, God was being a Pentecostal preacher, breathing on us to receive his spirit. How awesome is that? So what actually happens is everyone is in one place, not in one accord, and suddenly a violent respiration, wind, or breath of God comes with a loud echoing noise, which brings forth a birthing from one realm to the next. And the glory of God is manifested as fire. Isn't that awesome? And it filled the whole house where they were seated, not just the upper room, Not just the upper room, guys. I have overlooked this verse so many times. It filled the whole house. Every single bit of the house. And when it says filled, it actually means to be imbued to a point of overflowing. To be super satiated, if that's a word. To be overflowing, to fill to max capacity, and then more. That's how big of a breath God just breathed into this house. And they were seated. Again, they were seated, filled the whole house. Isn't that interesting? Well, the word for house here is oikon, which means a house, a family, family lineage, descendants, or a temple of which all three we are, or all of those we are. We are the temple of God, it says. We are the family of God. We are the lineage of Jesus Christ. We are the house of Jesus and the house also can mean family. We are all of these things. It says that we are the living stones which make the new Jerusalem. All right? Well, my God, praise God. Hallelujah. How good is this, right? They weren't even standing to receive Holy Spirit, and they were in one accord. Holy Spirit just shows up after the sun's fully up and births something brand new. But wait, it gets better. There's something more awesome than this. What was happening was God was manifesting on his children that he just birthed the same way that he birthed Adam. He restored Ha-Adam and clothed him back in his glory garment that Adam was originally birthed into, that Adam was originally clothed into. They weren't just walking around in heaven naked. It says that when we get to heaven, we have a garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness, depending on how you live your life down here on earth. A garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness. We're walking that. It says that when we get to heaven, that our linens are are interwoven with fine gold. Okay, but listen to this. In the Old Testament, when we look back at the Old Testament, the glory of God manifests in the midst of fire. 
Listen, this is Daniel 7, 9. I kept looking until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were burning. Okay, so when it says that his hair was white like wool, it actually does not mean that God's hair is white like wool. What happens is when you when you see Jesus, and I've seen this in glimpses a couple of times, and I've seen it in the natural and in the spirit realm. You see it with angels sometimes too. So what happens is when you shine such a bright light that the light radiating out of your hair will make your hair look white until you turn your head in a certain direction like this, and all of a sudden, you can see, you can tell that I woke up at two o'clock in the morning all of a sudden, right? <laughs> and then all, it looks like your hair is white until you turn your head in this direction and then you see the hint of brown. Well, that's what happens with Jesus when you're looking at Jesus. His hair looks white and then he turns his head a certain way and you see that it's a golden brown color. It's pretty cool. Okay, so <clears throat> next we have the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. God clothed that bush in glory. Can you imagine that? He clothed the bush in glory. What's the symbolism behind that? Jesus, the tree, the branch, the vine. <laughs> I mean, we're the branch. He's the vine. It was clothed in glory so that God could speak to him. Well, look at what we have here. Deuteronomy 5.4, the Lord spoke to you face to face at the mountain from the midst of the fire. Exodus 24.17, now this is the best one. And to the eyes of the sons of Israel, the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. So we see here that fire that was manifested was the glory of God. That fire that was breathed out into or onto his family in Pentecost which birthed the modern church was the same glory that Adam and Eve were clothed in and that we're clothed in. So these men or men and women who were up in the, the upper room, the 120 of them, they were just clothed in the glory of the Lord when he breathed his fiery breath on them. So this is a type of birthing of Adam and a renewal of Adam after the fall. This is a restoration and of, of Adam, and it mirrors how Adam was born in the book of Genesis. When God breathed life into Adam, there had to be a cacophony. There had to be fire because where God is, his glory is, and where his glory is, as we see all throughout the Bible, his fire is. So when Adam was breathed on by God and brought to life, he was birthed into the refining fire of God. He was encapsulated. Uh, he was clothed and wrapped in the breath of God. It didn't just go into his lungs. It permeated every bit of his being. And he was clothed in that fire. He was clothed in glory. He was birthed like a clay vessel that retains its form steadfastly after being strengthened in the kiln at high temperatures. Because if you've ever made a clay pot or a clay cup or anything like that, you find out that you have to let the clay sit and dry for a little bit, but it's very brittle and you have to be careful with it. But it's not until it's put into the fire at high temperatures for a period of time that it becomes solid and retains the shape that the master or the potter intended. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? 
So he's strengthened in the kiln at high temperatures. And I would dare to say that when God breathed his breath into Adam's nostrils, there was a cacophony, a violent wind, a chorus of holy worship that happened at that moment. When Adam was birthed, it was a moment of great praise. How awesome is that? So the moment of Pentecost was not just an outpouring of the Spirit of God, but it was the rebirth of Adam. And we know, listen, someone could say, well, how can you say that that was a rebirth of Adam? Because it says that Jesus is the last Adam, not us, right? Well, everything that Jesus says he is, he says we are, if you actually go back and look. So we know that Jesus is called the last Adam in 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Well, we're the body of Christ. We're called to be imitators of him. We're called to be clothed in him. So what does that make us? We are the last Adam as well. So how could I say that? Look at Genesis 2-3. God never called man and woman, man and woman. It says he made them male and female, but he did not call them male and female. Who called Eve female? It was Adam. Who named Eve? It was Adam. What did God call them? He called them Ha-Adam. He called them the man, but there were two of them. And then if you look at Luke, I think it's Luke 3.38 or Luke 3.35. It's in Luke 3 at the very last verse. It says, Adam, the son of God. Adam, the son of God. Oh, man. Anyway, we'll go on to that topic. So we are the last Adam as well. They were truly, in God's eyes, one. One body, one being. They were one period. And God referred to them as one, not as two, as one. And that's the same thing that he does with us as the body of Christ. He calls us one. He calls us his body, his bride. He calls us everything that he is. He has made us one with him. We are clothed in that fiery glory of God now. And I loose that fire on you now. I loose the mighty, rushing, violent breath and respiration of God into your life now in Jesus' name. What happened in the day of Pentecost was not just an outpouring. It was a birthing of the last Adam. So now we are completely restored as Adam was the day he was born with full dominion, with full authority over everything on this earth. It has been restored to us by God's breathing his life and glory onto us on the day of Pentecost. When you received the Holy Spirit, you were truly born again. You were truly refashioned into the original image of God that you were meant to be. And it may not manifest that way. You should try growing a beard. It helps. It may not manifest in the natural that you look like Jesus here and now, but in the spirit realm, I guarantee you the glory is pouring out of you right now. So there has actually truly been a divine reversal. There has truly been a divine restoration. And you are now clothed in glory. How cool is that? You received the respiration of God. I just love it. Okay. Well, that's all that I have for you for right now. I'm going to go pray and I'll get some stuff for tomorrow's headlines today and I'll share it with you. 
But I thought that this message was too good to wait. I've been up for four hours. I need to go to bed because in oh, 6.14 and 45 minutes, I have to feed my son again. All right. So love you guys. Be blessed. And I will see you probably later today, at least the very least, for our monthly partners. Remember that next Tuesday, we'll be doing our second dream interpretation, just called Dream Discussions, for our monthly partners. And every Sunday night, that includes tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, we do our uh, weekly partner meetings, which is real fun. And Brandy will be teaching this one this week. So that's going to be really awesome as well. We are currently, for those of you who ordered our book, and the video series, we are currently working on recording the video series for y'all. So um, just be patient with us because we have to record probably eight to 10 hours either in one day or over the course of many days because we don't have a babysitter. Um, well, first of all, for a week, we don't have a babysitter. And secondly, we uh, after college is out, then we really don't have a babysitter. So pray for us that we find somebody who will be able to babysit our, our kiddos for us so that we can make, continue to work because it's kind of hard to figure out how to work when somebody has to watch both both the kids at once. You know what I'm saying? So, all right. Love you guys. Be blessed. And I will talk to you later. Until next time. Bye.